Welcome to Dare a New Belief, a place to discover what is possible for your life after the loss of a loved one, and where you will find inspiration, insight, support, and love, and hopefully a bit of laughter to help you through the day. Now here's your host, Nada Hogan. Welcome back. I'm so glad to have you with us today. And today we have part two with Daniela Van Arks. And I am so honored to have you back with me again, Daniela. And I wish you guys could see her in person because she is angelic and you really truly are. I know that that probably just made you a little bit embarrassed, but it's true. She's, she is a sweet, sweet soul. So Daniela is from Switzerland, lives in the United States now, and uh, the last time we were together, we were talking about energy, and this conversation, we're going to be talking more about end of life, and Daniela happens to be an end of life doula, and she will explain what a doula is. She's an end of life doula for humans and for pets, which I find, or animals, which I find incredibly interesting. So welcome back to the show, Daniela. Thank you so much, Nita. Thank you, everyone. It's good to be back. And thank you um, for being open to this very delicate and unique topic. It's definitely part of our lives. Um, but it's something we don't talk much about usually. And um, I know during our last conversation we had, uh, one of my spirit guides invited me to, he just said, hey, why don't you talk about that? And so here we are. So thank you for inviting me back. Uh, absolutely. I love it. So before we dive into talking about the end of life doula, you just caught my attention when you said your spirit guide had spoken to you and he said, so two things, and then well, I promise we'll get into the doula. So first, how do you differentiate that it's a he? Can you tell the difference just in the voice or is it the energy? Is there a masculine or feminine energy that you tap into? And how would you explain what your spirit guide is or how that energy shows up? Because I think we all have spirit guides. I think they're with us all of the time. And I don't think that we are always aware of them. So if you can explain those two, how you know it was a male mm -hmm. and or why you refer to him as a he and how you can tell if spirit guides are around you. Yeah. Oh, wow. Thank you for <laughs> asking that question. Let me think how to answer that. Um, first, to answer your first question, I, I do have, and everybody does, uh, please believe me, everyone has more than one um, spirit guide or angel um, we usually have very many helpers on the other side. I just have to um, gotten to know all my spirit guides over, you know, I'm 55 years old. I have been in touch with them for as long as I can think for a really good 50, 52 years. I have gotten to know them quite well. When these um, spirits are reaching out to us for the very first time, they will introduce themselves to us or make themselves um, visible and tell us who they are. Mm -hmm. And that's when you will know who very often they give you a name um, or you are allowed to call them a name that you feel drawn to, um, but they are clearly identifying themselves. Um, angelic beings, um, as of what we call angels, are a little bit different in that sense. There we don't have this clear um, separation between male and female. And very often they present themselves to us as this just beautiful angelic light who is just 
omnipresent and is just so unique in itself that it doesn't matter if it's a man or a woman. Um, spirit guides are a little bit different. They are individual um, souls and they have their structure. So yes, to, to answer that. Um, and yes, you're absolutely right. We all have them. And you know, the funny part is the end of life, um, spirit, um, energy, this is all connected. Okay. Everything I'm talking about is actually one yeah. book. It's just these different chapters in one book. And the yeah. book is called Life. And most of all, it's actually called Life as what, what exists, but we are not seeing it with our eyes, um, our physical eyes, um, but we, we know it's there and we all do. And it's about us opening up to this opportunity to explore and to maybe invite to be more connected with our spirit guides, our angels, our beloved ones who have crossed over. That's all connected, my dear friends. And the reason why Nada and I have decided to talk about this is because it's so important that we understand we are not alone. Mm -hmm. So once we are born in our human body, in our beautiful existence on this beautiful planet, um, unfortunately, the side effect of that is that we are feeling somewhat isolated or disconnected from each other. And the reason why that is, is because our ego, the ego is really important. It's the part of our brain or ourselves that helps us to survive, that gives us good tips on what to do and what not to do and how to keep us going, how to keep us competitive, how to make sure we get our stuff done here on earth, right? But it does create a sensation of that we're kind of like, we have to do this on our own. And, you know, we're here in this and nobody really helps us. Nobody really understands us like the way we do. And in particular, when we have some negative connections with humans, we tend to feel like, oh, that's because the person has no clue who I am. And here we go again. Actually, I just have to do this stuff by myself anyway. And that leads to a sensation of isolation, which can be a real big problem when we're sad when we're grieving, um, when we really need help. It's hard for us to reconnect with humans or even with our own soul because we feel so disconnected. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Yes. Awesome. Awesome. And one of the things that comes to mind when you were speaking is because, um, so when my daughter passed away, and that, that's the word, passed away, because yeah. words carry such power. And I love the way, so Daniela and I were speaking about this before we came on air, and the difference between the words like killed in a car accident, yeah. uh, passed away, and then another, how passed away then feels much softer than yeah. killed. Um, and then there's another term that Daniela uses, and I've heard it forever, and I don't think I have ever used it in regards to my daughter or my family members or any loved ones that I know of. Mm -hmm. And I love the way you say that. So could you explain, because I love how you explain this, mm -hmm. the difference between when we say somebody got killed in a car accident versus mm -hmm. passing away versus the other terminology that you use that I think feels the best. It feels the best to me. And it's funny how it's taken me 11 years to, to know. And I've heard that mm -hmm. phrase a million times, but it just never landed with me like mm -hmm. it landed with me today. Mm -hmm. So if you could, if you could help with that. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you for um, introducing in it such a kind way. I really would like to say before I start with that, we do, as humans, we are very, very strongly impacted by the language, by the tone of words, by how things, how we are talking about things. And just like you said, um, 
you know, I, I just was talking to a person a few days ago and her cat unfortunately has been hit by a car mm. and passed away. Yeah. But she came to me crying. She says, my cat got killed, killed in a car accident. And just the harshness of that word was reflected in her energetic field. And it's the moment she said the cat got killed. I could see that the vibration in her energetic field changing and the colors around her head changing. That's where the word has been formed. It hasn't been formed in the heart. It has been formed in the head. Oh, so yeah. that when I knew, that's when I knew that's where I need to start with helping her, right? Yeah. Is there in that head area where she felt that frustration and that's that helplessness and that fear and that sadness that's where it came from in order to go to her heart i had to loosen up that energy first around her head yeah. but now let's go back to this so um the term which nada is referring to is called crossing over mm -hmm. and you all might have heard of that um i'm a, a physical medium and you have heard this i'm sure from other mediums on tv or in books we're talking about crossing over when um, a person is passing away. And the reason why mediums in general are using that term is because that's how it's being represented to us or that's how we see it. And I personally, when I see uh, people or animals crossing over, I see or I feel at the, the best way to describe it is like imagine you have a hoodie on and with a zipper and now you open that zipper and you are taking that hoodie off and you just leave it behind. You just kind of like tossing on the ground and you walk away from it and you walk into a different direction. That's how I personally see it. And I'm sure other people could give you other very good examples. That describes it really well. So when I see somebody crossing over, and it could be an animal, it could be a person, it is just like that. This person is letting go of this beautiful body that is now being returned to Mother Earth where it belongs to because it comes from Mother Earth, it goes back to Mother Earth, and it's our responsibility as we're alive to take good care of our bodies. And it's being left behind, and now we move on to the next part of this journey. And that's when we see the soul literally moving forward. Now, when I say forward, it's not necessarily a direction like, you know, south, east, west, or north. It's not up or down. It's just moving forward, which means so, somewhat um, into a future. And that's how I see it. And that's why I feel the word crossing over is the best possible or the, the most um, accurate, I would say, way to describe it. Yeah. And now listen to that if I say, the cat has been killed in a car accident, or I say the cat had a car accident and crossed over. Yeah. It has a very, very different sound to it. And the person who's suffering the loss is connecting differently to that moment in time. Absolutely. And then you had spoken more about how it is for animals. When animals are crossing over, it is a completely different experience than how it is for humans. Yeah. So can you share that with us? Yes, and this is to all of you, but of course in particular now I'm speaking to the animal lovers in our audience. And the one thing I've here, um, I do work as a day job, I work in animal welfare and have been doing this for many, many years. I work very closely with animals. Um, I work in a shelter, so I do see animals that come to us that are have been mistreated in life. But I also work with humans who love their pets very, very much. And now it comes to the point where the pet is ready to cross over and it's really, really hard for the person to deal with that. 
um, the thing about having pets, we love them so unconditionally because they give us exactly that back. They love us on bad hair days, like I have a bad hair day right now. My cat didn't mind this morning. She still loves me. They love us when we're grumpy. They just love us, love us so very much. And yet their lifespans are so very short. There are a couple exceptions. I know we're not talking right now about you know, certain type of birds or turtles which live really long lives. I mean, like a cat or a dog or a beautiful rabbit or a lovely guinea pig. And and every now and then people tell me, why in the world do I have to go every single time when I lose a pet? And it happens like every 10, 15 years, I have to go through this tremendous amount of heartbreak. And why do I don't have longer lives? Well, they teach us something. First of all, I would like you to know pets, in particular pets, which means domesticated animals, are here to teach us humans about life. I call them earth angels um, for a very, very good reason. And that will be another story. But they're here to teach us about love, about life, about living in the moment, about just do the best you can when you're in it, and also about enjoying life. Think about your dog who likes to turn outside in the mud and then running into the house and making a huge mess and think that's super funny. So... Let's talk about animals. They don't, they have awareness. Definitely they have a lot of self-awareness, but in a very different level than our human self-awareness. So there is not as much of an attachment to the what ifs, or I miss when I had this or that, now I don't have it anymore. Um, Animals are more, or pets in particular, focused on the moment in time when they're experiencing something and incorporating whatever happens around them or with them as part of their current existence. Uh, An example I can give you is if we have animals that come to a shelter and maybe we have to amputate a leg, maybe a dog. Again, we're talking about cars today. Let's say a dog has been hit by a car and a very kind person brings the dog to us. And unfortunately, you know, the veterinarians say we can't rescue the leg, we're amputating the leg, you will not believe how quickly animals are recovering and are managing on three legs or managing being blind or managing cats who have no tails or, you know, all these things, they learn to work with what they have much quicker because there is not so much of an attachment as we have a a sensation of, oh, I wish I still would have this or that. I miss this or that so very much. So thinking it of that way, we are, we, we are looking at what, how animals are working with end of life as well. So as you probably know, um, animals in particular, pets, are very intuitive. Um, they know what's going on with us. But they also are very sensitive to any form of energy change or anything that's happening in and around your home or their home they are connected with the other side. They can see, hear, feel spirits. And some of you might say, yes, now that you're telling me this, I just remember my dog did this and that. He was barking at nothing out of the blue. And I could have sworn it's his reaction. It's just like when a person will be standing there, what in the world is wrong with him? There's actually nothing wrong with your dog. Um, It's your dog is reacting to some form of an energy that has been passing by. So for animals, when they are coming really close to the end of their life, I hear very often, um, and I I don't try to use the word pet owner, I like to say it's the human companion of our pet. We are their companions as much as they are our companions. They might show signs like um, staring in a corner or being really, really absent-minded or sleeping so deeply that the person will come up and shake and say, oh my gosh, are you okay? Worrying that a dog might not even be alive anymore. 
and the dog just taking a breath and being perfectly here. This is when they're close to death. They are a very quickly able to cross over and come back and to check things out a little bit. It's really, really easy for them. They're still connected to the life force in their bodies. And that's from an energetic perspective, quite easy to see. So they're fully connected. They have, they know they haven't done their job yet on earth, mm-hmm. but they're kind of looking forward to the next story in the book called Journey of Life, which goes beyond the, the physical or earthly existence. Um, at that stage, very often animals are very, very keenly aware of the well-being of their humans. And when you look at it from the pet's perspective, now when they realize that their human is starting to get super nervous, anxious, worried, sad about their animal's well-being, it will impact how the pet is moving forward in that last process of their earthly existence because they love us unconditionally. They don't like to see us crying or in pain just as much as we don't like to see them in pain or agony. And that's where that love piece becomes so big and strong. And I very often see even though the life force of the animal might be diminishing because the body is getting ready to let go their heart energy the connection the bond to their human and it gives me goosebumps right now because i wish you could see that it's some of the most beautiful brilliant connection and light and it's so deep and it's not to be destroyed yeah okay and that is not just for animals it's also for humans and it, it's very um touching to me because i'm so impacted by that when when i do my work It's hard for me to describe, but I want you to know that this love, this connection cannot be destroyed. And even though the body is shedding and even though it looks really difficult for a person to pass away or for an animal, and even though we miss them so very much because we can't hug them anymore and their physical presence is not around anymore, please know there is more to life and that will always exist. it never ceases. What holds us back to have this natural connection is that we might have been conditioned to a certain degree by environment um, to believe that what we can see with our eyes is not real, right? And if we can't touch it, it's gone, it's dead, it's destroyed, it's killed, it's, you know, just not non-existent. And we kind of have to go beyond that. And all it takes is us saying, yes, maybe, maybe this is possible. Because I have a feeling that listeners, many of you might be just sitting down right now and thinking, hey, you know what? I do actually remember there was a time or I had a feeling that there is more to life. Or when my pet passed away, I did still feel like as if he or she was around me. Or I feel like my grandma who just crossed over gave me a sign because I, I was surrounded by this smell that reminded me of her. I think you all probably can bring up some form of a thought or a memory where you say, well, maybe this could be possible. So let's just say maybe, okay? Let's just say what if, and let's just be open to that and let's explore that and nothing else, nothing more than that. And you might be surprised what you learn. Absolutely. And as you were speaking, oh my God, that was powerful because I know there was tears that came in your eyes. And before I saw the tears in your eyes, it was with me. And I thought, I'm going to break down crying. And it's not because it's sad. It's because it's that joy in your heart because you have connected with something that you already know. 
but it is invisible. So it's not that thing where I can go and it has nothing to do with that physical thing like that person. I don't mean that physical person or animal. It's a knowing that we know something, but it's not a tangible thing that you can hold on to. So to me, I say that is my connection to source, my connection to God, my connection to spirit. And I felt it on such a profound level that it brings tears to your eyes because there's such a physiological effect happening when we get that connection. Yes. And you know what's the beautiful thing about that love energy is it's healing. It's pure healing power. It makes you feel so connected so well that it takes away grief and fear and anxiety and worries right in that spot. So I told you before that I'm a physical medium. And what you probably know of mediums is that they are transmitting messages. And there was a time when my spirit guide um, told me I should focus on teaching people to make the connection themselves because my spirit guide felt that every person should get that sensation I had, that physical sensation of goosebumps and then I'm getting all overwhelmed. I want you to have that. Yeah. Because that's your connection. You know what? So I would like the human with the the one who has crossed over. I would like you two to have that connection because I can tell you one thing. The first time you experienced it, you're never going to lose it. You will know intuitively how to get to this point again. And that's when you create that connection. And that connection can help us throughout our whole lives. It can make us feel um, protected. Uh, cared for, nurtured, um, guided, loved, supported. And aren't these all things we need in our life, in our daily life? Isn't this what we're all looking for? And isn't this what we're all missing? That's why we're, you know, reaching out to each other and ask for help. So that's kind of like the big thing in a small little nutshell, how this is all connected, energy work and spirits and Um, just being connected with that. Yeah. I love it. I love this. I don't remember if I shared this with you. I don't think I shared this with you when we spoke last time. And maybe I shared this with you at one time when my cat. So when we moved to Minnesota, we had a one mom cat and then we got her as a kitten and her name was warrior. And she ended up having many litters of kittens um, before we got her spayed, sweet little thing. When I picked her up from this family, this family was very religious and I've had cats all of my life. And I have never met a woman like this woman. She literally was interviewing people before she would let the cat go. And it was the last cat. So, so she was interviewing and I thought, okay, well, I guess this means she loves her animals. And the last thing she said to me is this cat will be a very special cat to you. And it's like, okay, that's, that's sweet. And I didn't know anything about energy. I didn't know anything about any of the stuff that we're talking about now. And I just thought, you know, all cats are sweet, you know, she'll, she'll be a special cat because they're all special, you know, no big deal. Well, after Dara's passing, so there's two parts to this after Dara's passing, um, crossing over after Dara's crossing over, there were so many times. And of course it happened in the summer. So there were so many times Dennis and I would be standing outside or I would be outside and Dennis would come to me or he'd be outside and I would come to him. And, and just in that moment, you just break down. And so we'd be in this embrace and just bawling our eyes out and it didn't matter where we were outside it had it we could have been 200 300 yards away from the house 
We could have been in the backyard, the front yard, the side of the, it didn't matter. That cat warrior would show up and she would start rubbing against both of our legs, going in a circle and rubbing on both of our legs. And it always, and, and I know that it was warrior doing that because of course she felt, she felt our pain and she was there comforting us. Yeah. And we would always say, and then I would love your take on that too. And we would always say like, did Dara just reincarnate into that cap? Because it was incredible how she always would find yeah. us no matter where we were. And it wasn't that we were like, there's times I would cry loudly. It, it wasn't those kind of loud breakdown cries. It would just, you know, it, and sometimes it was just sobbing, like, you know, not, not so much of sound, but just that sobbing. And that cat would show up. Mm -hmm. The other thing, so I would love your intake on that or your input on that. The other thing is when she passed away in 2012, she hadn't come. So, so indoor, outdoor cats, they had a doggy yeah. door. So they came in and out anytime they wanted. And during the summertime, they didn't come inside too often. They would come in and eat and then go back outside and play. Yeah. So it wasn't unusual for her not to come in for her nighttime food. Um, but in the morning, she wasn't there. And I thought, oh, okay, well, that's a little bit interesting. And then I think, oh, no, no, no. It was that day she wasn't there for her food. And then that night she didn't come in for mm -hmm. her food. And I thought, well, that's interesting. But she may have come in during the day. There was three other cats, so impossible to know who ate the food. But that night when I went to bed, I woke up somewhere in the middle of the night and I had this feeling, you know, that place where you're in between the two worlds, you're partway awake and you're partway asleep. Yeah. You would not be driving a car, <laughs> but you're just in that place. And, and this feeling of bliss, I don't know another word to explain it, mm -hmm. but this feeling of bliss. And I literally had to say out loud, am I awake or am I asleep? Mm -hmm. And I said, I'm awake. Mm -hmm. And I, and at the same time I said that, I was like, oh my God, we're, and you know what? That is so, oh my God, <laughs> when we don't talk about this stuff, we don't even know at that moment. That is exactly what I said. Warrior just crossed over. Yeah. Isn't that what we were just saying? That that's what you were saying? Just right. crossed over? Yeah. There's times I swear that God just has to look going, man, girl, <laughs> All of that information is right in front of you. It's been in front of you the whole entire time and you just never saw it. I cannot even believe that. And that yeah. was in 2012. And those yeah. were my exact words. Warrior just crossed over yeah. because I knew it. I just, and she never came back. She nice. never came back. Nice. And it was not unusual for these cats to be gone two and three times or yeah. two and three days in a row because there's neighbors and there's mice and right. there's all kinds of adventure. We live out in the country. Yeah. I cannot believe that I was so impressed with crossing over that I hadn't thought about that word forever. And my goodness, that was the word that I had said with warrior. And that was Dara's cat. It wasn't the family cat. We got that cat for Dara. So, okay. So, so I just had, and I'm hot as can be right now because it was just so exciting to know that I had been saying crossed over, but only referring to the cat. Oh my goodness. Okay. You see, this is, this is the power, this is the power of the pets in our lives. You look beautiful. Yes. Wow. So, um, first of all, when an animal is close to dying, and it's the typical indoor-outdoor scenario, and um, if it's a situation where um, the pet will decide to pass, they usually choose a spot that's a little bit away. Yeah. Um, you might have heard that where they, they go hide somewhere under a bush or something, and people say, well, why, why don't you come in? I'm going to hold you. I'm going to hold you. Now that we talked a little bit about energy work, can you imagine why maybe 
um, an individual rather be on their own. Mm -hmm. Very often in end of life in um, hospice care, it would be the moment the person, the caretaker goes to the restroom, that's when grandpa decides to slip out of his body and why is that and people come back and say why why did i go to the bathroom right now and feel guilty about it please do not feel guilty there is something very sacred about that moment when we open that zipper and take the hoodie off and um it needs to be done in a very quiet peaceful harmonious moment because it takes an effort it takes something for the soul to it's just like when we are being born you know that the birthing process takes an effort for the soul to go through that just as much as it does for the tiny new body the same is when we're getting out of it it takes an effort and we need to have focus on that and so that's why it happens so it's nothing with that but another scenario will now be maybe Maybe a kitty got away and maybe had an accident and just cannot come back anymore. Um, I hear very often that animals will literally drag themselves in their last energy back to the front porch because they know they know their human needs to see that and needs to have closure in what happened to him or her. But sometimes it's just not possible. Yeah. Sometimes the transition is happening so quickly, there's no way to come back in physical form but there is a way to come back in any other form and again now we're getting back to this if we are open so nada because you were open to receive that message you have received it yeah. because your kitty warrior sent a signal to you yeah. at that moment of going and you were receiving it and the signal she sent to you was a positive it was oh. a sensation of bliss mm -hmm. how you described it so beautifully because kitty wanted to tell you it's okay yeah i'm fine you know i'm not i'm something is changing and you might not know yet quite what it is but i'm okay yeah. that's why you receive it as a as a good thing not as a scary or horrifying thing Something very similar happened to me when my mom passed away not too long ago in Switzerland. And I remember the moment she passed because at that moment she came to me and I was at the grocery store. Um, I had to go to the grocery store to, you know, run some errands and she came to me and I was just like you. It was a new, I said, okay, mom, I, I understand mm. that you have left. And then of course I got home and that's when my dad called, you know, it's long distance call. It was in the middle of the night and there in their end of the world and told me about it and I knew exactly when it happened and of course he confirmed the time. So um, that is a really important aspect of being open and receptive to it and it can give you so much joy and peace, Yeah. right? Yeah. Good, so that's to that part. The other part where you were describing before about warrior was your daughter's cat. Yes. And she was feeling when you were sad mm -hmm. and when you were missing your daughter and she gave you extra comfort and extra attention again um, our pets are very very connected with the other side they're very connected with our energetic fields they know what we need um, I work in an animal shelter and very often we have children, they come for educational programs. Yeah. And I would ask them, tell me, how do you know that your cat or your dog is loving you? And they are just filled with fantastic examples. They will say, oh, when I'm crying, my 
dog is coming to me and is howling or my cat will sleep by my feet when I have a cold or all these examples where, where children know right away this is because the animal can feel us. They know who we are. They know what we need. And in that moment, she just knew you needed that extra physical comfort. Yeah. And that's where the rubbing around your legs are coming is coming from. Um, she knew what you needed at that moment, and she was giving it to you with um, her physical presence or the, the ability she has as a cat, and that yeah. was the rubbing against your legs or your feet. So yeah, yeah, so beautiful. So I just I love how you describe this. I love how you describe this. Ah, where do we go from here? There's so many different directions we can go here. Tell me what a doula is. If somebody was to say, so an end of life doula, and I know that there's birthing doulas also, yeah. but what is a doula? What does that doula do? Right. That's a good question. So, and you just mentioned, I think birthing doulas, um, you probably are all very familiar with that beautiful concept. It's the person who is helping the mom who is just about to give birth. And this the doula is... Um, is a link between the medical team, the care team, and the family, and the person who is giving birth and is going to be with that person for a few hours or through the whole process maybe, and will bring comfort and companionship and care. Um, and the same thing has then been developed, and I think it's probably about 10, 15 years now, end-of-life doulas do actually exactly the same thing at end of life. So they are the link between the care team, the medical team and the family who's obviously, you know, probably already grieving and is not, you know, need care, need to take care of themselves too. And then there's the person who's passing and very often an end of life doula spends a certain amount of time. These are volunteers um, with the dying person and brings comfort and companionship and um, not medical care. Again, this is the medical team who will take care of it. So they're not administering medication or anything like that, but they might um, read to the person or have a conversation or if the, the person who's passing um, would like to pray or if they would like to have um, uh, watch a movie together or listen to music or I know of end-of-life doulas who are singing and playing mm -hmm. instruments or, uh, you know, do just things to um, help to ease the passing and also is there for the family as a, a soundboard, as someone who is there to listening, to be a good listener and and to maybe help to explain a few things. So that's what end of life doulas are doing. Awesome. So what would you say, um, Danielle, as we start bringing this in for a landing, what would you say the best advice is to people who are going through a grieving process, whether it's with their animals or a loved one who has passed away and, and they're just really trying to come to terms with that. What is your advice? What do you offer in that? Yes, that is, that is a very good question. I think first and foremost, I would like to encourage everyone to be kind to themselves and to allow time for grieving and to do it exactly in the way they feel is right there is no right and wrong. When we're losing someone, it's hard. It's not easy. We will miss their physical presence so very often, so very much, and we don't even want to go there how hard this is. And please be most kind to yourself in that period. And after a little while, and for some people, this might be an hour, a day, two days, a year, it doesn't matter at all. 
but there will come the moment when we are thinking of what if what if we could still have a connection that goes beyond the picture on my desk or the smell of the doggy bed that is now empty whatever it is that we would like to connect and i think that's the moment we're just being open and inviting um i think i said this in our last conversation it comes down to asking you know just as i i ask my spirit guides if i need something they're not just delivering it to me on a silver plate i tell you that yeah. um it, it is about us opening up and say i'm ready to receive and that's what i would advise as well so thinking of it as maybe at the quiet moment when you just about slip in your dream world just as you have described before when you're in this between phase of being awake and almost sleeping that's a really good time to do that and just think of that person or your pet who has crossed over and just say i miss you i hope you're well and i'm i'm here and i would love to hear from you yeah. and do this for a period of time it usually takes a little while uh, maybe two three times I maybe every night for a week and then be really really open and be really non-judgmental. So the signs we are re receiving usually the first signs are little things like um you notice that um a bird came extremely close to you and how unusual. I mean, why would that happen? That never happened before. I can give you an example. I had a little yellow bird. Um, I think it was a, a golden American finch. Came to my window the other day and was sitting on the chimes I have hanging. The birds never sit on that thing. And it started to tingle. And I'm thinking, wow, why are you doing that? And it was a sign for my mom. It's because she loves yellow. She loves this kind of bird. She loves chimes. So everything fell in place. And I knew it was her. And it has never happened before. I've been living in this house with that chime hanging for a very long time. I can tell you it never happened before and I really mean it. And it has never happened since then. So I knew it was a special sign. That's a mm -hmm. just a good example. So a sign might be something really simple or um, somebody told me that she noticed the third day after she has been asking, there was a repetitive number that came to her attention. And it was actually it was 618, which was the person who has crossed over his birthday, June 18. In the morning in rush hour, the car in front of her, the license plate was 618. And then um, when she was trying to, when she was ready to leave work, she looked at the clock, 618. And, you know, just, it came several times. It was repeating itself. And she asked me what it was. And I said, well, I think somebody might be trying to give you a sign, but I, I don't want to, you know, suggest, I mean, be open to that. Could it yeah. be? How do you feel about that? How did you feel? What was your first thought when you saw the sign? What was the feeling you had? Was it a blissful feeling? Was it a sadness? And the feeling we are receiving or we are experiencing in our body or the thought that forms itself in our head gives you the clue. But very often we dismiss that, you know. So be open and expect the unexpected beautiful thing that might happen and that's going to be the first step the moment we start to accept that let's say in this case i said to the young lady so 618 you know who this is now please say thank you okay so then when you go back to bed and you sleep again you say thank you so much i got your sign i love it please tell me more about you how are you doing and invite spirit to open up more and to show you more sign so that the crossover soul wants to make sure that you receive the messages and will only give you as much as they feel you can handle. Yeah. 
Okay, and we'll use signs and signals they know you're comfortable with. You might have also heard of um, people all of a sudden smell the perfume of a deceased mm -hmm. one. That's another very typical sign and that a very typical way of spirit to communicate to us. It's with smell, with, you know, a certain type of um, odor or scent, with sounds, something you hear, with feeling a presence very, very, very strongly. I hear this so very often where people would tell me, I could swear my cat was sleeping by my feet last night. And I even saw an indent on the bed. I swear to you, but this is impossible. No, it's not impossible. Yes. It's not the way it used to be, but it still exists. It's still possible in just a very different form if we allow ourselves to open up to this opportunity and possibility. Once you acknowledge to spirit that you have received that sign, you will receive more and they will become more intricate. They might be turned out to, to be really vivid and very realistic dreams where you will tell me, actually, it was not a dream. It was more like a vision yeah. or it was more like a real time conversation. That's when the connection really becomes real again. Mm -hmm. And you will say, okay, now I understand it is possible. So the first steps are very easy. One more time, allow it to happen, you know, create an opportunity for your mind to accept the possibility that this could be happening and then ask and do it just like, you know, just say, please, please reach out to me. Grandma, I miss you. Please give me a sign. I'm here. I'm waiting and I, I will be paying attention. I promise. <laughs> yes. yes, absolutely. I love that. And there's a quote that's coming to my head and I hope I can say it right, but it is absence of evidence does not mean that the evidence is absent. I may not have said that right. I'll put it in the show notes so it's correct. But meaning that just because we cannot see it, mm -hmm. because we have been taught to rely on our five senses, if we can't see it, taste it, touch it, smell it, or hear it, mm -hmm. it doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. And nothing could be further from the truth because how is it that we're able to get into an airplane and to fly from here to Switzerland if we're not in accordance with the laws of aerodynamics, right? right? You're not going to get a car to, and people know this, we're on airplanes all the time, but we never think about, I have to be in alignment with the laws yeah. of aerodynamics for this super heavy ass plane to get off the ground with all of these people on it and then to fly whatever that distance is and just the simplest thing of gravity. Yeah. We know that if you stood on a roof and you step off of that roof, because the laws of gravity say yeah. whatever object that is heavier than air will get pulled to the center of the earth. Yeah. So, and we live in accordance with those laws and you can't see gravity. You can't yeah. see aerodynamics. We see the effects of them but we cannot see them with the, with the eye. We can't hear it, can't taste it, can't touch it, can't smell it. But we have been taught to give our five senses all of the credence right. and the invisible side of our nature, it just really doesn't exist. And that's so not true. That right. invisible side of our nature is just the opposite side of the coin of our yeah. visible side. And there is an invisible side. What are our thoughts? We can't see our thoughts. Right. And again, we don't think about that. So yeah, it's, I think it's super important that we know yeah. that we put our energy into the five senses, which yeah. is beautiful. We want those, yeah. but there's a whole other side of us oh, that yeah. we're neglecting if, if that's all we look at. That's true. And you know what, Nada, you just inspired me to say one more thing. When you receive signs, 
and yeah. you might share that with your friends and family and you may say oh, i think i got visited by my mom because i saw this bird jingling the bells and maybe they say oh honey you're just grieving it's okay mm. that's just in your mind don't worry about it the person who tells you that means well yes they what they really try to tell you is take good care of yourself and please receive it as such but don't dismiss your feelings and know that they're real they're pure and nobody around you can be witness to that because it's a very intimate internal presence that you can't it's very hard to explain and of course this person who has been receiving this you know message from you will respond in a way because they don't understand that so don't fight back that's what i'm trying to say just say thank you for reminding me to take good care of myself and cherish that like a treasure that you have created that connection very often it's going to be just between you and the person and nobody else ever needs to be involved in that and that is okay right right, right. absolutely absolutely oh I love these conversations. And as you know, because we spoke for a long time before we went on air, so we could talk forever and ever, but it's just fabulous. So I want to thank you, Daniela, for being here with us. And I'm hoping that listeners that one of the, there's so many nuggets in here, but one of the biggest ones I think is just to be open to what if, what if it is possible and allow more to come into your life because there's so much more out there that we're just not aware of. Right. Yes. Yes. So thank you. I appreciate your gifts, your talents, your experiences. I just, I appreciate that you are able to verbalize this and make such simple sense out of energy and being able to see it and work with it and, and know that it's there. And in terms that people don't say, oh, that is so far-fetched. There is no way that it's because it is very it's just, it's very simplistic and it's very sweet. And I really do right. think that's how life is very simplistic and very sweet. We have made it very complicated for ourselves. That is very true. <laughs> Thank you so much, Nada. I wish everyone a wonderful time. And remember, you can always reach out to Nada. She is wonderful in helping people and supporting everyone. And if you have any questions, I believe Nada knows how to answer them. <laughs> <laughs> and if you have questions for Daniela, please reach out and to me. And I will get that information over to Daniela. And again, thank you so much and how blessed I am to have you in my life. I am honored to call you not only a colleague, but absolutely my friend. Thank so you. <laughs> mm, thank you. All right. Everybody have a wonderful rest of your day. And until next week, take good care. Live your epic life. Thank you for spending time with us today. Please go to nadahogan.com for show notes and other information that you can use right away. If you like what you've heard here, please subscribe to the podcast. And don't forget to rate and review right there on iTunes, Stitcher, or however you get your podcasts. And don't forget to tell your friends about it. We'll see you next week.